We're not starting in a series. This is just a lesson that I felt led to, to teach this morning. And uh, Lord willing, next week as our Sundays start back up, we'll start into a new series. But today, just something I felt like teaching today and um, looked over it a week or so ago and just this morning just went right to it again. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Matthew 14, glad to have everyone here, our visitors that are with us today. We're glad you're with us. Our travelers, we're glad you're home. And uh, just good to see everybody back in his house today. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 25, very familiar scripture and story of Peter and walking on the water. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Well, it's amazing how the Lord can just speak right into a situation and calm you down. It is the wonderful power of the word, just something that's unexplainable. I can't fathom it. I, all I can, in my wildest imagination, all I can think is there's a, a spirit out on the water and suddenly a very familiar, comforting voice with words of, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. I'm thankful for that word. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, this is really you, and it's okay, then bid me come unto thee on the water. If this is something I can do, then you tell me to come. I won't step before you speak. Boy, there's a lot of lessons to teach this morning. <laughs> a lot of lessons to, to preach this morning. But So the Lord said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now there is something right here that I must say. It's not really part of the lesson, but that last verse, I've never really paid attention to it in this way, but after they had watched this whole scenario, they watched, they, they were there when the fear started. They were there when things got calm. They watched Peter's uh, step of faith onto the water. They watched him walk. They watched him start sinking. They watched him cry out. They watched Jesus bring him back to the boat. And then, then they worshiped him and said, of a truth, you are the son of God. It's, it's amazing the people who are watching you well, I'll tell you, there are people watching your walk. They're going to watch you sink. But will they watch you rise again? Will they watch you come back to the boat? Mm -hmm. And I feel the Holy Ghost. And when they saw what happened, they didn't just see your victory walk. They watched you when you were struggling. 
but they watched you when you grabbed that hand and said, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. And when they saw that not only, it wasn't just a fluke that he walked on water. It wasn't just uh, something that by chance happened, but they, this person really does trust God. They didn't quit when they started sinking, but they cried out. Mm. And it prompted people to worship God because they saw not only is it a God that gives you uh, power to walk, He gives you power to get up. Woo! Come on, somebody. Oh, you ought to lift your hands right now and thank the Lord that He didn't just give you power to walk on top of it. But when you started sinking, somehow you find yourself back up again in your testimony. Not just the walk, but the getting up is what's powerful. There's a lot of people imitating a good walk, but ain't many people can imitate getting back up and going again. Woo! Mm. Man, maybe that's what I ought to just preach. <laughs> Bob, I'll tell you, we've had to walk on top of some things this week. And I know some of us felt like, but we're going down. But we have got a God that's going to bring us back up. And it's not, listen, people, they might forget about that, that victory walk, but they won't forget you coming back up. Because he's drowning, he's drowning, he's drowning. Wait a minute, he's getting up, he's coming back up. Hey, he's neck deep, but wait a minute, now he's coming back up. He ain't nothing but his hands sticking out of the water, but now he's coming back up. And guess who he's walking with? They're still walking with Jesus. And some of y'all little young preachers, you know, preach that now. I'm still walking with him. That's a good thought. And uh, we're live streaming today because we've got so many people out and I just can't stand for it. I hate live streaming on a phone, but that's what we got today. And thank you for being with us. I hope you're shouting around your living room right now because uh, they're probably home because of sickness and different things. Wish they could be here, but you're going to be out of this in Jesus name. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for the word. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your, your word, the encouragement that it's bringing to us right now. Lord, for inspiring us today, God. Lord, knowing that whatever we're going through, God, you're right there to bring us up. We praise you for it today. We trust you today. We believe you today. Fill our heart with your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now give him a hand clap and shout of praise. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Glory to God. You can be seated. Thank you. God bless you. I hope you already got something good from the Lord. I know I have already. <laughs> Woo, mercy. God's good. Oh, man. God is so good to us today. So glad to see everyone in the house of the Lord. I want to preach for a few moments on this, the unsinkable word of God. The unsinkable word of God. And uh, 
try to not just keep going back to verse 33 because I'm telling you, I'm excited about verse 33 right now. Uh, something, something special. We read this story so familiar. We know the, the you, could, you could just tell it if you had to. You, yeah, Peter stepped out. He saw the winds and the waves. He began to sink. And uh, there's something that, uh, you know, in, I, I, I like it in red letter because it just highlights that one word in verse 29. When the Lord spoke to Peter, he said, come. It's one word, four letters. So much power in one word. So much permission in one word. So much authority in one word. Uh, that faith in just one word from Jesus can keep you on top of what could drown you. Peter, I, I, I mentioned this when he said in verse 28, he said, Lord, if this is you, if this is actually you, and it's all right for me to do this. It's very uh, responsible and, and will save you a lot of heartache if you'll make sure that before you leap, you make sure it's the Lord. <laughs> you know, if you're going to jump off in a storm, make sure the Lord's there. Make sure he's there. Get his uh, okay on things. He said, if it's you, then speak it. Don't wave me in. I want to hear from your lips that this is okay to do. Come. And then Peter, when he was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from the word, from the hearing of the word. And so when he heard Jesus say, Come. And I'm sure with the wind blowing and the waves crashing and everything that was going on, it, it probably wasn't a whisper, but just a, a very bold declaration, maybe even a shout, come! And Peter had no doubt that faith in one word could put me on top of what could drown me. Faith in one word could cause, could cause me to walk on things that people normally sink in. We sail a boat. He knows. I catch fish out of the water. I swim in water. I bathe in water. I, I work with water, but now I can walk on water. You'll do things, a lot of things that you've never done before when you can start trusting in the Word. When you can start having faith, real faith in the Word of God. Sister Shelton, I was talking about this yesterday, and it's been on my heart a lot lately. I've mentioned it briefly in some of our messages lately. But when we can start really having that kind of bold faith in God's Word, we will, the Word will not return void. When He said come, it didn't mean stay. When He said come, it didn't mean be afraid, lay down in the boat, wait till I get there. When He said come, it meant step out of the boat onto the water. It, the only way you're going to get it, don't put another boat down. He, he said, Lord, if it's you, you bid me to come on out there on the water. I want to come to where you are. You'll never get to where Jesus is without the word. The Bible says for us to draw nigh to him, but uh, you're not going to draw nigh to him without his word. 
Uh, that's how you learn about him. That's how you grow in grace and knowledge of him. Study his word, read his word, pray his word, believe his word, trust his word, walk in his word. And Peter began to walk on the water. The water was not frozen. It was still stormy. The water was not still. It was still moving. It didn't change the molecular structure of water so he could walk on it. He walked on water. Flesh touched water. Feet, maybe his sandals. I don't know if he kicked his shoes off or not, whatever he was walking on, but his feet were on the water, not in the water, on top of the water. He was not struggling. He wasn't tripping. He wasn't stumbling, friend. He was walking on water. And it was because of that word. And if I could get us to trust or do anything today, it would be to learn to trust in the Word of God and to have faith in the Word of God. The Bible says that, when, uh, that we understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. When He spoke, let there be light. And it was good. Every time He spoke, when you read that in uh, Genesis, in creation, you'll, you'll hear Him speak. And God said, and God said, and God said. And every time God said something, he didn't go, hmm, that didn't work. Wow, it didn't happen like I thought it would. When he spoke, everything that had to be about light was there. When he spoke the earth, and when he spoke the fish, when he spoke the fire, when he spoke the animals, everything they needed was there. Every organ, every cell, all the blood, all the fur, anything they had to have, they could see, they could eat, they could breathe. Everything that had to happen happened when he spoke. The word won't leave you wanting, but the word will complete you. The Bible says that we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In this world today, people live by codes. They live by a creed. They live by rules, a discipline. You know, it's, it helps them with whatever they're involved in. And sometimes those things are a, maybe a subtext of, of our life. I mean, even as ministers of the gospel, you know, there's, there's things that we, uh, that we have to stick to. Of course, we're founded in the word. We live by the word, but if you're part of an organization, they have things that you have to abide by. So I understand rules, not against rules, not against regulations, but I will tell you that we live by the word. And when I say we live, I'm talking about it's more than just waking up seven days a week. It's more than just nine to five going to work or going to school somewhere and, and, and getting by doing what you do. It's, it's more than just the life you live. We live. It's life. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, when things should kill us, we live. So we, we think, well, uh, my, and sure, my life is framed by God's word. If the world's refrained by it, surely my life is. If I am born again by the word of God, then I can't live a born again life outside of it. I've got to stay framed into the word of God, sure. But when things come against me, that should kill me. When things that should stop me come my way, I can live by the word. Come on, somebody. What do you do when trouble comes? 
You start calling on the Word. You start praying the Word. You start reading the Word. You start quoting the Word. That's what we do. We trust in the Word. When they, we, the things that want to kill us or destroy us or steal from us, Jesus said, that's going to happen. You've got an enemy that wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. But when he's done, I have come that they might have life. Well, who is he? He's the Word. He's the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. That's who he is. He's the Word. He said that I have come that you might have life. I have come that when you are knocked down, when you're down and out, when you feel like you can't go another step, you can live by my Word. Friend, we've just got to start believing that I will get back up. That this will not be the end of me. This is not going to stop me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. It's not going to happen. We quote these words. We quote these scriptures, but they've got to be more than a quote. It's got to be more than, you know, it's got to be more than a, a, a post. It's, it's got to be what I, I have taken this word, this bread of life, and I live by it. Sure, it nourishes my spirit. It nourishes my inner man. It helps, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed, and, and I'm renewed, and I have faith. But when these things hit me, when I fall, I shall arise. I'm not going to stay down forever. I'm more than a conqueror through him. Let's I'll tell you that there's power in his word. We, 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 we preach and we hear, we've, and I've preached, we've heard it preached, that Peter sank because he took his eyes off Jesus. And yet there's not a single scripture that says he took his eyes off Jesus. It's an assumption. It just says he saw the wind and the waves. Well, where was Jesus walking? In the middle of the wind and the waves. It was all in the same picture. You can sink looking at Jesus. Hello? <laughs> Man, it, it, if Judas can walk with him, watch his miracles, preach with him, obtain, the scripture said, part of this ministry, what the Bible says, and end up hanging himself. You can see him and still sink because we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. It was not that he could not see Jesus. Jesus was in the picture. He, he was just an arm's length away because Jesus stretched forth his hand and pulled him up. He, he was close to the Savior. He was in arm's length away and, and Peter could see it all. Jesus, wind, and water. It was not seeing Jesus that gave him faith. It was not seeing him that gave him the ability. It, seeing Jesus on the water gave him the desire to come to where he was. But it was the word that Jesus spoke that gave him faith. It was the word that Jesus spoke that gave him ability. It was the word that he spoke that gave him uh, the authority to step out of the boat and walk on water. I will tell you, I've said this before because I know we quote it, we walk by faith and not by sight. I understand it, I believe that. We walk by faith. That means your walk is powered by faith, not by what you see. It does not mean you can't still see. I can still see when I have faith, but... You can't always trust what you see. What you see sometimes will deceive you. Uh, hey, seeing does more to destroy faith than help it. Yeah. 
What you see can actually harm you sometimes. Because, hey, it's in this world today. What people see, world's out of control, wars, rumors of wars, virus, sickness, people passing away, and it shakes people's faith. You see people that, that they may have a church attendance but no, church, no relationship with God. I'm not throwing off on people. I'm just telling you how it is. Sometimes people mistake going to church for having a walk with God. And when you don't really have a walk with God, when you don't really have faith in his words, when these things happen, you go, how can God let this happen? And you start doubting. You start having disbelief and you look for something else. Hey, just check out Adam and Eve's story. They had heard what God said, you shall not eat of that tree. And for a while, they, by faith, they obeyed that because if you eat of it, you'll die. So they believed it. They had faith in what God said. But then when the servant said, let me show you how lovely this fruit is. and what, Oh, when they saw it was good. When they saw how, wow, that look, I just got to have a bite of that. Look how good that is. Look at it. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful fruit in the garden. Look at that. Get your eyes on this and get your heart off of what God said. I want you to just look. 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 You know, even when uh, uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he said, let me take you up here and show you. So said, Look at all this stuff, Jesus. Look at all this stuff. And people start looking and they stop believing and they stop obeying. And that's what happened is that, that look, it destroyed Adam and Eve's faith. They, 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 they backed off of their faith. They stumbled. And they disobeyed. And that's bad. But we know today that we don't have to see to believe. We believe because of his word. We do walk by faith and not by sight. Like what Paul wrote in Romans 8, 24 and 25. He said, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And of course, Hebrews 11 and 1, everybody knows that great scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But he said we hope for things we don't see, right? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of the things not seen, there's still an evidence of what I can't see. I've seen the evidence of Jesus in so many people's lives, but I have never seen Jesus. I hadn't seen him. I have seen him. We, we say that sometimes like, oh, i just seen the Lord. What we mean is we saw the Lord move in somebody's life. We saw the results of what he did, but I have not seen Jesus. And I think we'll probably be surprised when we do see him that he does not look like any of those paintings. <laughs> he doesn't look like any of those movies. I, I, I just, I believe I can say definitely that he's not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. <laughs> I've seen the movies where he was, and uh, I just don't believe uh, that. Uh, no, I don't believe he is. Uh, don't believe that. I believe we'll be very surprised. I, I know we're just going to be happy to see him. We have not seen him. We have not seen him. Peter said it like this, 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. 
whom have not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, you believe. You rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Man, we're going to be saved without ever seeing the Savior until we get there. He said, you can't see him, but you love him. You ain't seen him, but you believe and you rejoice and you receive. John 20 and 29, Jesus told them, well, you've seen me and you've believed, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet they have believed. Now, you and I have not seen Jesus. Hebrews 12 tells us that we're running a race. He said, run this race looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But the word looking means to consider attentively. So just because I can't see Jesus does not mean that I don't have faith. Job said, I've looked on every hand and I can't find him. I can't perceive him. But here's what I know. that when he's done, I'll be gold. When he's done, I'll be better. I can't see him. Doesn't change what I believe about him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says faith is the evidence of things unseen. So how do I look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith? How can I look to him when I can't see him? He's invisible. The Bible says he's the image of the invisible God. But John 1 and 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, he said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness for God, who is the word, was manifest in the flesh. He is the word. Revelation 19 and 13 says, His name is called the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. So we live by the word. The Bible says, My life is hid in Christ. He's the word. The just shall live by faith. Faith comes from the word. So if I want to look to Jesus, he told the Jews in one place, he said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. But it is the scriptures that testify of me. If I want to look to Jesus, I look to the Word, not just the New Testament from the beginning to the end. Well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But John told us that all things were created by Him. Jesus, He is that God that created all things, manifest in the flesh. If I want to look unto Jesus, then I look unto the Word. He is the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. And so when I go back to see Peter's story, I understand now that it was the authority of the word that gave Peter the ability. As long as he trusted that word and as long as he had faith in that word, he would not sink. And can I tell you today that as long as we will trust in the word, we are people of the word 
you, you want to, well, we tie our, our history all the way back to the day of Pentecost. Well, you can tie it all the way farther back than that. You can tie it all the way back if you want to go to Joel where he said, he preached that message and wrote it down long before Peter ever preached it. Our very foundation is from the word. What God spoke about us before we ever existed. Before that day of Pentecost was ever come, God already said, this is what these people will be. This is how they will be who they are because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. It just came, the evidence of things unseen suddenly came clear on the day of Pentecost. We are people of the word. We are baptized in Jesus' name. We repent of our sins, are baptized in his name, are filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Where did you get that from? The word. When we talk about what we believe, where do you get that from? The word. If you can't say I got it out of the word, then just don't say it. Because <laughs> it ain't nothing. It's got to be in the word. We are people that we are born again by the word of God. We live, sure, our lives by the word. We have to. I, I mentioned this in a message a couple of weeks ago, I think, that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, every time he would rebuke that, that tempter with, it is written. And so if, if the, see, Jesus, the word, is not going to change for circumstance. He's not going to bend the word or alter the word or ignore the word. If, if he is constrained by his word, well, then you and I are too. And when people walk out and start saying, I don't have to live by that word anymore. I got a new revelation. You might have got a new word from somewhere, but it didn't come from God because God's not going to give you a word that'll walk you outside of his word. Yeah. God's not going to give you a word that'll put a stamp of approval on your backsliding. Come on, somebody. Oh, so that's tough. That's tough. It's the truth. It's the truth. Well, I'm closer to God now than I've ever been. That's a lie. You may not know it's a lie, but it's a lie. Because you can't be closer to God by getting farther away from his word. How do I look to Jesus? I look into the word. The word, I can't even say I love him if I'm ignoring his commandments. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You say, well, you, you can't give him stuff to show you. You can't go buy him a card. You don't buy him flowers. Those expressions of, of love that we give, we, we, you know, that we lavish on one another, things like that, and show how much we, we, we give things, you know, stuff. But how, he said, if you want to show me how much you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so we realize that Peter, he did not walk on the water because he saw Jesus there. He walked on the water because he obeyed the word. He obeyed the commandment. Now, he could stay in the boat. He could have said, nope. <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, Jesus said, come. I know, but look at that water. He could have bowed out before he ever set foot on it. 
because just because the word means what it says doesn't mean everybody does what the word says. You know, when Peter or when the Lord would look at people and say, Rise, take up your bed and walk, they didn't levitate off the ground. They had to believe that they had the authority to now take up their bed and actually walk. Maybe they could feel what was going on, but until they ever stood, there was no manifestation of the word. There was no manifestation of the power. When he said, rise, take up your bed and walk, the ability was there. But until they stood, until they moved, there's no proof. I've said this many times. When Noah, the Bible says, by faith he moved with fear and prepared an ark. But you know, before it was ever an ark, it was God's word. It came in form of word. He did not ship the materials. It did not come in a box. It was not a kit to put together. It was the word. Noah, this is why you're going to build. Because there's a flood coming. I'm going to destroy the end of all flesh. has come. It's over. 120 years, it's going to be out of here. Here's what I need you to do. Build an ark this long, this tall, this way. Pitch it in, pitch it without. Build three stories. Make places to put animals in. All this. Told him everything, what to do. And Noah could have said, mm-hmm. And they could have never been an ark built. But it says, but Noah did all that God commanded. Why? Because he loved God. And when you love God, you keep his commandments. And you know what people started seeing? A frame. Well, at first it was probably a big pile of trees. Then there was a bunch of boards. Now there's a frame. That looks like a giant boat. Before you know it, he's got a complete full ark. But it's only there because he obeyed. And he could build that. Had Noah ever built an ark? No. Wasn't Noah and son's ark building. He didn't go to Noah because he was an ark builder. I don't know what Noah did for a living. Bob says he was a preacher of righteousness. I don't know. Maybe he was a preacher before he ever started building. I don't know what he did. But I do know this. There was no need for an ark because there was never any floods. And so he could do what he had never done and could see something he would never see again simply because he believed God's word. When the rest of the world wouldn't believe it, him and seven others were saved because of the word. God gave him what he needed to be saved for him and his family to rise above what could drown him. The word of God's unsinkable. As long as Peter believes in the word, he ain't going under. He ain't going under. If you want to walk on things that could drown you, remember the word and walk in it. Trust in it. Believe it. Peter asked for a word, and he got a word, and he walked. He did not lose sight of Jesus. He lost faith in the word of Jesus. He doubted. When you stop walking by faith in the word, you will begin to sink. And, and this is a big one for the world today. If your fear of the natural is greater than your faith in the word, you will begin to sink. It can be overwhelming what's going on in the world today, but it's not more powerful than the word. We have heard stories even today, this morning, tragedies of, of people lost to this disease, to COVID. Uh, churches that have been hit where they have lost uh, one, they lost a mother of five children 
they lost three of their Sunday school children. It's bad. It's devastating. It's terrible. But it's not more powerful than the Word of God. It's not. It's not. And the Word will give us the authority and ability to just keep walking on and to walk on top. We walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing, not by sight. It's not seeing a preacher that gives you faith. It's hearing what he preaches. How shall they hear without a preacher? But it's not because you see him. Listen, people can walk in and be blind naturally, but hear what's going on. Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus, never seen Jesus. Never saw a single miracle he ever did. Heard he was coming. Evidently, he had heard of him before. And he said, what do you mean, Jesus Nazareth's coming? You don't, I'm, you're talking about the Jesus that's healing people. Yeah, that Jesus. Woo! Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, shh. Uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He can't even see how to get. So he just keeps crying out. Jesus comes to him. It said Jesus stopped. Stopped Jesus in his tracks. Somebody crying out in faith. What do you need, son? That I might receive my sight. Pow. And he's, woo, look at here. Now he's looking on Jesus. See, having faith will help you see, but you don't have to see to have faith. The word was always meant to keep us on the top. Deuteronomy 28 and 13, the Lord said this to his people. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above only. You should not be beneath. And that's what we quote. And so we never, I never hear anybody quote that last part. If, there is an if attached to it. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God that I command you this day to observe them and do them. The Lord said we'll be above only not beneath. And if you're not doing anything according to his word, you're going to frustrate yourself and disappoint yourself. But I tell you, when you serve God, you can trust him. You can believe in him. In, the, in 28 and 1, he started out the chapter. It will come to pass if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Ain't nobody getting set up high when they're not serving the Lord. Listen, they, they were set above and on high not because they saw a cloud of fire uh, or the cloud and the fire, not because of water from the rock, not because of the Red Sea or miracles in Egypt, not because of manna and quail. They were set on high because the word and keeping the word set them up. It's the word that we need to get on top. When we are sinking, what do we do? Or what do we do for others? We start quoting scripture. Somebody calls you, they're sinking, they're going under. Oh, don't you worry, he's the healer of all our diseases. That's word. We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We start quoting scripture. God won't leave you or forsake you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than conquerors. 
He loves you. Nothing can separate you from his love. He forgives you. He fixes you. Listen, there's no better advice than what the word of God can give. And Peter had a word that helped him defy the elements, to walk on top of what could drown him. And if he had just kept the faith of that one word, the word of God is strong enough to keep you going in any situation. There are people in our congregation that have gone through literal just hell on earth. And yet they are still in the house of God, still serving God, still hanging in there because the word is strong enough to keep them. I am not more than a conqueror because I've seen Jesus, because I hadn't seen him. I've seen the effects of him. I've seen the evidence of him. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. I'm more than a conqueror because the word has told me that I am. That word's not just for some. It's for any that will believe in it. You'll overcome. I never saw a single one of those people who make up the great cloud of witnesses. I haven't seen them. I've just read about them. But because I read their stories, I read their victories, it gives me faith. And I think if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. And the, I love this. When Jesus was about to leave them, he let them out. And then he was received up out, out of their sight. Oh, he's gone. And they're still, you know what they're doing? Can't see him. Still looking. Stuck. Till the angel said, why are you standing here gazing? He was gone out of sight, but they did have something. His word. Well, he had told them, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you'll be endued with power from on high. The Holy Ghost gives us word power because it's the Spirit of Christ who is the word. It gives us word power. When we get the Holy Ghost uh, we get that, that dunamis, that power of God, that ability, those things. That's why Jesus said, the things I've done, you'll do in greater things. That's why we can actually speak and, and speak to people with spirits, and spirits got to go. That's why we can speak to people that are sick, and sickness has got to go because he put that word power inside of us. The word leads us in all truth. Thy word is truth. That's what the Bible says the Holy Ghost will do. It said it would guide you into all truth. Well, thy word is truth. It will never lead you outside of truth or outside of God's word. Jesus defeated temptations by saying it is written because his word is truth. Jesus gave us power over all the power of the enemy. And it's the, that's, it's the word. You know what? The enemy can quote the word. He can twist the word. He can misuse the word. He cannot follow the word, but he cannot change the word. And if he can't change it, he can't defeat it. You stick with the word. You know how Adam and Eve would have beat, beat that old serpent that day? Nope. God said, nope. He said, don't, and I'm not. Just keep the word. Things are different. Things turn out different when you keep the word because the enemy can't beat the word. He, it's forever settled. It's God's word. It's eternal. He can't do anything but, but try to manipulate it, twi twist your understanding of it, anything like that. But the word means what it says. 
and it's powerful and it's sharp. He can't handle that sword. He can't handle that sword. He can just try to get us to mishandle it. It's not what you see. It's what you have faith in that is most powerful. Don't seek a sign. Just have faith in God and these signs will follow. Now, Peter had faith to walk on water, right? But there was another instance of faith in this story. The Bible says that the Lord has given, that God gave Jesus a name which is above every name, a name above every name. You know, when Peter started sinking, when he saw the wind and the waves, and it was terrible, it was boisterous, it says. It was strong. He knew he couldn't do anything with it in himself. He said he cried out saying, Lord, save me. That's faith. Faith got me out here. Faith will save me. Can I just say in the most literal sense, it was the word that caught Peter. It was the word that grabbed him by the hand. It was the word that picked him up and walked him back to the ship. Peter cried, Lord, save me. Maybe that's something he learned in his, his Sabbath school lessons. Psalm 3 and 4. It says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. Psalm 18 and 6, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. My cry came before him even into his ears. Psalm 34 and 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Peter had heard these words. He knew the psalmist. and something stirred up in him that he knew, I'm not just going to drown. I'm going to cry out, Lord, save me. Peter was now using his faith in a different way. He used it before the step out and walk. He used it this time to get himself back to the boat. I'm telling you, the word will keep you on all fronts. The word, Jesus responded, stretched forth his hand, just like in the psalm. Psalm 37 and 24 said, Though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. They both come back to the ship, walking on water. Because Peter had faith to walk, and he had faith when he was sinking. I'm telling you, faith will get you out of the boat, but it'll get you back to the boat. <laughs> And you know what? Sometimes people say, well, I've I, I lost my faith. I guess I'll just drown. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Just get back to the boat. <laughs> Peter, you ain't preached yet, bro. You ain't used them keys yet. <laughs> you Don't just drown. Just get back. Well, it's going to be embarrassing because I started out walking on water, and now I was going down, and even the Lord said, you know, oh, you have little, he called me little faith. Oh, did he have to say little? Could, could he just say, why did you doubt? But is, you know, everybody's going to say, hey, that's little faith. You know, oh, I'm just I'm so embarrassed at the way things turned out. And just get yourself back to the boat. Yeah. 
Get back so you can preach one day. Get back so you can witness one day. Get back so you can grab that man by the hand and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Stand with me. The word of God's unsinkable. When you trust in it, and you'll stay on top. You may have to take a dip, but the word will get you back. You may not intended on getting in water you had to swim in, but you'll find yourself there, but the word, will, it'll get you. It'll get you back to where you need to be. And so with all this that's happened, we've, we've faced so much in the last week, just stories of tragedy and oh, grief. We've lost precious people in our lives and, and you know, just anniversaries of dear ones that have passed that in this same weekend. You know, it's just, it just seemed like one thing after another. It seemed like, boy, the wind is really boisterous. The waves are really crashing. That's all right. Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. You know, I thought about that. When, those wind, when they were in the ship with him in that storm, they said, don't you care that we perish? He walked out and he said, peace be still. It stopped. He overcame it with his word. He overcame his temptations with the word. He healed the sick with his word. Cast out devils with his word called people in the service with his word. Brought them back from the dead with his word. He overcame with his word. You and I, he said, hey look, the things I've done, you'll do. Greater things shall you do. And so, if he overcame with the word, then I can too. That's the pattern. Stick to the word. Praise God. Let's lift our hands right now. And just thank God for his word. Thank you, Whatever you're going through right now, I want you to just start applying the word. And you're going to feel yourself start rising up. It's going to lift you up out of grief. It's going to help lift you up out of heartache. It's going to lift you up out of addiction. It's going to lift you up out of shame and depression, stress and anxiety. Woo! Glory to his name. By his word, by his word, by his word. Glory to God. Praise God. By your word, Jesus. By your word. Oh, we praise, we praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's find a place to pray before this next service, just expecting God to do some great and mighty things. Let's have some church. I know our hearts are heavy. I know that we're processing so much right now, but... We came here today, even in our sadness and sorrow, to praise God and to worship Him. God's going to comfort us in this place today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.